0: in the old testament in second chronicles 7:14 if my people who are called by my name shall do three things number 1 humble themselves and pray secondly seek my face Number three, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We just said that. We just prayed about it just a few minutes ago. And now the reality is, what are we going to do about it? Today's message, you might say, well, you don't have a whole lot of Scripture in here. I got some. But I want to capture the essence of the freedoms that you and I enjoy. Because there may be a day, there may be a day in our near future, if God's people... Don't humble themselves and pray and seek His face and turn from their wicked ways. There may be a day when He won't heal our land, when He won't heal our, hear our prayers. Have you thought about what our country means to us? I want to start by saying, let listen to our country speak. I'm the United States of America, birth certificate dated July 4, 1776. I was conceived in liberty de- and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal in the sight of God. I am the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. I am freedom for all men. The blood of the world runs in my veins. I am over 200 million living people in the voice of over millions who have courageously died for the freedom for which I stand and which I still make possible. I'm a fabulous country of many things and many people. I'm the orange groves of Florida, the wheat fields of Kansas, the coal mines of Pennsylvania, the oil fields of Texas, the dairy lands of Minnesota, the rolling hills and fertile fields of Arkansas. I am Coney Island, Atlantic City, Wall Street, Hollywood, and Disney World. I'm the Statue of Liberty, Independence Hall, and the Liberty Bell. I am the Badlands of Dakota, the Bluegrass of Kentucky, and the Redwoods of California. I am Niagara Falls, the Grand Canyon, and the Golden Gate Bridge. I am sleepy, rustic villages and surging, roaring cities, verdant valleys and fruitful plains, magnificent mountains, sandy beaches, and dry, dusty deserts. I am 3 million square miles, 5 million farms, 10 million small businesses. I am 200,000 schools and colleges and 300,000 churches. I'm a letter to a senator, a ballot in an election, the roar of a crowd in the stadium, the whimper of a baby in a crib. I am Billy Graham in Madison Square Garden, a minister in a small country church, the voice of a choir in a cathedral. I am Paul Revere's The British Are Coming. I am Patrick Henry's Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death. I am William Jennings Bryans' You Shall Not Crucify Mankind on a Cross of Gold. I am Franklin Roosevelt's We Have Nothing to Fear but Fear Itself. I'm John Kennedys. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I am Washington in prayer at Valley Forge, Lincoln in sorrow at Gettysburg, Lee in defeat at Appomattox, George Custer in death at the Little Bighorn, and Douglas MacArthur returning to Manila. I am Bunker Hill in the Alamo, the Monitor in the Merrimack, the Jeep, the Sherman Tank, the Red Cross, and the USO. I am Betsy Ross in her needle, Babe Ruth and his bat, Will Rogers in his humor, Kate Smith And her God bless America. I am the defender of freedom. In answer to its call, I have left my heroic dead in Flanders Field and Anzio Beach at Pearl Harbor and Corregidor on Guadalcanal and Okinawa in Korea, Vietnam, in Desert Storm, Iraqi Freedom, and in Afghanistan. I am the citadel of freedom, and freedom is my breath and my blood. Without it... I would die. May I always possess the integrity, courage, and strength to keep myself unshackled and to remain a beacon of hope to all men everywhere. I am the American flag, 13 stripes to remind all of my humble beginnings and 50 white stars on a field of blue speaking eloquently of individual liberty and national sovereignty as captured in those immortal words of Lincoln, the Union at any price. If you have ever known the sensation of seeing me unfurled over a stronghold of evil, stormed in the cause of right, or waving proudly in the breeze in a foreign land to the exciting sound of retreat or taps, then you know why men are willing to follow me and to die for the reservation of the American dream of a free government and of people, by the people and for the people. Now that was our country speaking. Does your heart beat with pride at those words, my country? Well, it should. It's only by the grace of God that we were born here and not in some oppressed country. In our country, it says, under God. What wonderful words. Those words have set the pulse pounding, the blood racing, the heart thumping. Those words stir the mind, swell the heart, thrill the soul. If we would let those words burn themselves in our hearts and minds, it would make a real difference to our country. Those words can span the generation gap, the credibility gap, and the communication gap. Those words can bring healing and harmony between Democrats and Republicans, liberals and conservatives, business and labor, blacks and whites, and with all people of all races. Those words could end the public insults which some of our highest elected officials have hurled at each other. Insults which have been a source of disappointment and apprehension to those who look to America as the only place in the world where free men stand firmly together and where personal differences are sublimated in the love of God and country. My country under God. What does that mean? It means that we have this land. This flag, this government as a gift from the great God Almighty. It means that this country did not become the land of the free and the home of the brave by blind fate or a happy set of coincidences, but that a wise and benevolent God was hovering over us from the very hour of conception and long before. When Columbus discovered this land, he took a cross in his hands, planted it upon the new soil, fell to his knees, kissed the earth, took possession of this continent for God. Faith in God hung the lanterns on the prowl of the Mayflower as it charted the treacherous Atlantic. That frail vessel was laden with deathless destiny. The pioneers of a powerful nation. The heralds of a new freedom. The trailblazers of new epics in human history. Later during those difficult... But decisive days of the revolution when a handful of common people won their freedom from a mighty world empire through the crucible of a civil war, through two world wars and a number of other wars, through a great panic and a ravishing depression, through a period of moral decay and perilous civil strife, none but the fool could fail to see the hand of a sovereign God upon this golden land of the noble free. We can truly sing, America, America, God shed His grace on Thee. So say it with pride, I am born free, as free as the wind blows. And then add that prayer, long may our land be bright with freedom's holy light. Protect us by thy might, great God our King. Today America faces a danger point, And that danger point lies in the loss of much of the pristine purity, rugged honesty, stern simplicity, and militant courage and Christian ideals that have made our country great we must confess with troubled heart that America has forgotten God. She is rolling in luxuries, reveling in excesses, rollicking in pleasure, reeling in drunkenness, revolting in morals and rotting in sin. Our nation is perfumed with an aroma of religion and culture, an aroma that too many times turns out to be the weak and sickly smell of spiritual formaldehyde disguising the deadly decay of a society that could be on its last legs. What can we expect of a society in which passions are uh, riderless horses, in which there is a desolation of decency, in which love has become a jungle emotion, lust is exalted to lordship, sin elevated to sovereignty, hell substituted for heaven, Satan worshipped as a saint, and man magnified above his maker. Today the bleak winds of destiny are howling in protest to the way we are living. One cannot keep from asking that question. Where is America heading? Will the great American dream become a nightmare? Are we witnessing the decline and fall of the American empire? God forbid. All America recognizes the dilemma and is desperately seeking a way out. It is sheer folly to suppose that the strength and security of America lies in its vast economic resources, industrial prowess, scientific ingenuity, diplomatic skill, or military might. The race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong. Our real defense as a nation rests in the spiritual convictions, character, and commitment of our citizens. David discovered that fact in Psalm 20 and verse 7 when he said, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. And many years ago, a noted Frenchman came to America to search for the secret of her greatness And this is what he wrote. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her uh, commodious harbors and her ample rivers, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her public school system and her institutions of learning, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America. In her Democratic Congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there, not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is a great is great because America is good, and if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. What a discerning statement America may never have been that good, but the observation is certainly true. What makes a nation great, not surried ranks and flags unfurled, not armored ships that gird the world, not cattle on a thousand hills, not sages wise, nor schools nor laws, not boasted deeds and freedom's cause, all these may be, and yet the state in the eye of God be far from great. That land is great which knows the Lord, whose songs are guided by His Word, where justice rules twixt man and man, where love controls in art and plan, We're breathing in his native air. Each soul finds joy in praise and prayer. Thus may our country, good and great, be God's delight, man's best estate. The one sure foundation on which our nation must stand is faith in God, his holy word, and those great truths that will never die. The stories told of the Minot Lighthouse Keeper. A fearful storm broke out over the lighthouse one day, and word spread quickly that it had. Gone down. The next day the old keeper was seen on the streets of Boston. And one of his friends said. We heard that the lighthouse was wrecked in the storm yesterday. The lighthouse keeper replied. The storm was the most severe I have ever known. The thunders were the loudest. The lightnings were the fiercest. And the waves were the heaviest. But she never shook. Truly the foundation of God. Stands sure. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark. Never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Pericles built a civilization upon culture and it failed. Caesar built a civilization upon power and it failed. Our fathers, our forefathers, founded this nation upon the Christian faith and it will live so long as the Lord is our God. The Pilgrim Fathers left a land where they are persecuted to find a land where every man through countless ages would have the right to worship God in his own way. When the strong and stalwart champions of a new order landed at Plymouth Rock, they knelt upon the shore and dedicated this country to God. In the early colonies, the first public building to be erected was a church house, and the first public exercise was the worship of God. When the Constitutional Convention met in Philadelphia To organize the nation and write a constitution Ben Franklin called to the members of convention To fall on their knees and to pray for divine wisdom When George Washington was inaugurated as our first president He held the Bible in his hands Pressed his lips to it Turned his face toward heaven and said I swear so help me God Each of the coins in our pockets bear the inscription In God we trust At least for now The same principle of dependence upon God is embodied in our national anthem. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and reserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause is just. And this is our motto. In God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Where did these concepts come from? Well, let's be honest. Democracy as we know it in America, is derived from New Testament Christianity. The truth of the matter is that our delectable freedom is in the direct result of a lofty and invincible religious spirit. We cannot understand America unless we first understand that. If the dynamics of American democracy ever vanish from this land, it will be because we are no longer Christian. The words of the psalmist are the most important to us today. And, and more than they've ever been. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom He has chosen for His own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He beholds all the sons of men. From the place of His, inha- of his habitation, He looks upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let Your mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we, have, we hope in, y- in You." To whom I am speaking, I am talking to myself and to every individual citizen of America. I am thinking in terms of the nation, but the nation means you and me just like the church does. We must remember that America is no longer and no stronger than you and I are. America is no purer than we are pure. America is no more godly than we are godly. The unyielding truth of history is that God blesses the nation that blesses Him. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. That's the sweeping judgment of Scripture. We are a nation of sinners. We are imperfect people doing life together, striving to be perfect in Christ. We are works in progress. We've not attained it yet. Can I get an amen? Amen. Our philosophy is one of God in us. Our faith is is in our material assets. Our attitude is a cynical, critical, and contemptuous one toward anything which is good, pure, or holy. We are forgetting the lessons of history. Sin separates a nation from God. Sin separates this nation from God. But we are not without hope. We must place a crimson cross on an open tomb and a glowing sky in the foreground of this dark background of sin that plagues America. God says to America in Isaiah 1.18, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Amen. We must return to the faith of our fathers. We must get on our knees in humility and prayer, in contrition and confession and repentance and the forsaking of sin. We must go back to the cross where the incarnate Son of God was cursed, condemned and crucified for our sins. The crisis is acute, the danger imminent, the time running out. Something miraculous must happen in the heart and soul of America. And it must happen now before it's too late. America must get right with God. The nation that was born in Philadelphia on July Fourth, 1776, must be born again. The choice is clear. It is repent or perish, revival or ruin, Christ or chaos. Pray with me. Father, I ask you this morning, I ask you this morning as we stand here at church needing a special touch of your Holy Spirit. Father, we live in a country that has provided so, so many blessings for each and every person in this room. I remember growing up with dreams. I didn't understand what debt meant. I do now. I didn't really understand or pay attention to Psalms and Proverbs that talks about how if I let debt control me, then it truly does. And yet, Father, we are in a land with leaders in our government that seem to have forsaken you. And so, Father, I'm praying for each and every one of them, from President Obama to the members of Congress to the state governors, legislators, to the city mayors and managers and councils, to the school superintendents and teachers and administrators. Father, I am praying for each of them that call you by their name, by your name, that call you by your name. I'm asking them to humble themselves and pray and to seek your face and to turn from their wicked ways. But Father, it's easy to point my finger at others when I truly need to stop and look at myself. Father, have I been the type of Christian that you'd be proud of? Have I been the type of person that you could rely on to get the job done? Father, have my words and my actions been such that it would bring honor and glory to your Son, Jesus Christ? If not, the great news of the morning is it like that, you can restore. The principle in Scripture is what the locusts have eaten away, you can restore instantly. So, God, if there's somebody here today that just says, you know, preacher, I've been just playing at this thing called Christian, and I really need to get serious and deepen my walk with you, get in a, a deeper relationship with you, God, I pray that they would make that commitment today to you. God, it's not, this country isn't great because it's America. This country is great because at one time it was a country committed to you. So I'm praying, Lord, that your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray, seek your face, turn from their wicked ways. And then your promise is you'll hear those prayers and heal our land. So, Father, if there is somebody here this morning as we offer this invitation time, our elders will be here at the front to receive them. God, whatever it is that's troubling them, maybe they just need somebody to hold their hand and pray with them, we're ready to do that. Let us be your eyes, your ears, your mouths, your feet, your hands. We give you honor, praise, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing our invitation song. And if God's tugging on your heart, remove re- remove that tug and.